everybody. Welcome back to episode 81 of the Time Fame Podcast. It's your host, Kaima and Tiffany. I'm so excited to have on host and co-creator of Am I Dating a Serial Killer and author of 20 Guys to Dating Your 20s, Gabby Conti. Thank you so much. Come on, Gabby. Hi, thanks for having me. Absolutely. So you are the author of 20 Guys to Dating Your 20s. What was yeah. the, kind of your purpose of writing that book? Oh my God, I'm really obsessed with the cover. There it is. Well, I have to send you a copy after this, so remind me. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's a book that I, I basically have been working on. I was working on this throughout my 20s. I, I published it in my early 30s, um, but it was just kind of like I had always been someone that was in relationships, and then when one relationship turned out to just have this like really like crazy world shattering breakup, I then became someone who was just constantly going on dates and not, not really ever settling down. And so uh, basically what Carrie Fisher once said, turn your broken heart into art. That's essentially mm-hmm. what happened and what this book became. Um, and there were many different versions of it. I guess the first version was uh, my love journal that I had since I was in high school, which is collaged with like, messages and love notes and song lyrics and that was kind of like the first version of it and then it was something throughout my 20s that I then started like maturing it and and writing these short stories and coming up with these charts and quizzes and um and then right when I was about to turn 30 I was like well I gotta get this published so um I was able to connect with a book agent Beth Davey my book agent who uh helped it get to Chronicle and then it was published um right after I turned 32 so that was pretty exciting. Oh my gosh, I love that. Like, did you ever kind of expect that, like, you would turn it into a book, or is it something that you just kind of wrote down? And yeah. Purpose? It's like, when I write good, all these things, like, I always ask my parents questions before, like, I even started this podcast, and I never expected to start a podcast until, like, like, April last year, so I kind of wanted to ask you, like, if did you ever kind of expect it to turn it into a book? Yeah, I think the book was always my goal with it, um, just because that was kind of, like, it was like, that just kind of made sense. I was kind of more always thinking of it as a guidebook. And I just kind of felt like that was the format that made the most sense. But of course, I've also pictured it being a TV show or a movie. Um, And we, I have been developing it with a development company, Denovi Pictures. And we are really close to, uh, to having, I have, I wrote the screenplay for it. And we are in the process of, of of pitching it soon. Uh, So, and getting the movie made, which is very exciting. Oh my god, that's awesome. I'm so excited yeah. for that. Like, let me know how it goes. I'm so excited for that. So like, Yeah, of course, you, of course. So like you like went on 30 dates in three days. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Well, yes, that's you correct. start doing all that stuff in one weekend. Because that's absolutely crazy to go on 30 dates in one weekend. Like once I read about that, I'm like, oh my God, how is that even possible? Like, yeah. How, you, like, how made you decide to do that? Well, it's funny because I guess the better way to say that is I had 30 dates in three days because some of the dates ended up like flaking and canceling because it's Los Angeles. Um, But the whole project came to be because um, I was, so I I was in a a serious relationship and I moved to New York for a boyfriend uh, right when I turned 30. And I, that ended up not working out. I realized LA was my home because I had been in LA like throughout my twenties. I had my like family that my, my friends that are more like family here. So I moved back after that breakup and, um, I, and I kind of was just becoming really frustrated with dating apps and, and I kept feeling like, you know, 
I, I heard from so many of my friends who actually met partners through dating apps that it's really a numbers game and that you have to treat it like a job and you have to go on as many dates as possible. So I kind of started just going on these dates to kind of, you know, put myself out there. And I was contributing to Cosmopolitan at the time. And I had pitched my editor 30 dates in three days, or sorry, 30 dates in 30 days. And she's like, oh, that's been done. And so she challenged me if I could do 30 dates in three days. And uh, logistically, you technically can, you just have to have at least 10 dates a day, which was a yeah. lot. Yeah, yeah. How did you handle all that, though? Because for me, I'd be so stressed. I think I'm done with this. It was really stressful. Um, I am someone who schedules everything on my calendar. You know this, because I was like, yeah. when you asked me to be on, I was like, great, just send me a calendar. Yeah, that's my... how I am. Please send yeah. me a calendar by talking this day, a little reminder, please. Yeah, so so basically, that's what I did. And I, if, if you go to my Instagram stories, you could see, like, I from, like, I have, like, a highlight of the 30 dates in three days, and you mm -hmm. can see my crazy person schedule, where literally all the dates are, like, back to back to back. And, like, scheduling was the way I did it. And also, like, I think normally with dates, sometimes often, like, straight women, we wait for the man to ask us out. Mm -hmm. So I didn't really do that. A lot of times, like, I'd be talking to someone on the app, and then I kind of felt like it wasn't, maybe it was going somewhere. So I would just be like, hey, you know what? Like, let's try to meet up. Like, are you free? And then I would suggest a time that worked for my schedule. Mm -hmm. And and then we meet up. So, and that I think is a great lesson. I think that if you, I think the best way to make, now that you can go out in person, you know, mm -hmm. try to take the date off the app and off the phone and try to like meet in public. Exactly. It's like, it's like, if you go in person, like when you can't do everything on social media, it's always better connecting in person. Than yeah. Yeah. Or, or like, like another thing too is like, you know, I think we got really good with FaceTime dates and mm -hmm. Zoom dates during the pandemic. So if you are like a really busy person, like there's no harm in like maybe making your first date a FaceTime or Zoom date to see if you have like the actual like connection there. Mm -hmm. And then your first date is in person and that might feel more like a second date because you kind of got rid of all the awkward stuff already. Hopefully. Yeah, exactly. Like, did you ever have like an experience? Like, did you like ever, like during the date, like the dates you went on and everything, like did you ever go on and be like, okay, well, I just want to leave? Like this yeah, of, of course. And you know what? I'm sure perhaps the guy I was on a date with might have thought that too. Who knows? <laughs> um, but yeah, I did. There were a couple of dates. You just kind of get a feeling like there's just something like, you know, you're like your spidey sense goes up. Like you feel this red flag. Um, I remember there was one date and because, you know, normally my schedule was so jam packed that I really only had an hour with each date. But funny mm -hmm. enough, I had one date and I actually had like a real big chunk of time before my other date. And the guy was late, which I feel like is a big, like, red, like, really late without any explanation, which I feel like is a big, like, he doesn't respect my time. That was, like, obvious. Yeah, exactly. Then, yeah, then he asked me to buy him his coffee. It was a coffee date, which I also thought was really weird and not, because he was so late and, like, I don't know, I thought that was kind of rude. And mm -hmm. he ended up not looking like his pictures, which I also feel is like, I mean, he looked like his pictures, but he looked like the pictures were clearly from like 10 years ago. Yeah. Or like five years ago. And to me, that also feels like a red flag because I feel like you're not being genuine to who you are. And then he was rude to me and treated me like I didn't look like my pictures, which was crazy because my pictures were all recent. And I was actually wearing the same dress that I was wearing in one of my profile pictures. Oh my gosh. I, did you call out a guy that was at twice your age? I saw like, that was a guy twice your age. Uh, twice my age. Did I date a guy twice my age? Like, or you went out, like, with someone? Like, oh, it. yeah. I mean, well, not on, not on the 30 dates in three days, but I did, I did have a boyfriend that was, I thought was 10 years older than me, but he was actually 
close to 25, 20 years older than me. He lied to me about his age. Yeah. Yeah. That's in the book. That's the relationship that I was hinting at before. That was like, I I, I was like a serial monogamous until that relationship, because then I was like, how can I trust people? You know? Yeah, exactly. That's how I am. If if you're lying to me, how am I supposed to trust you? So I'm much like, for me personally, I'm like hard to trust people, which has certain amount of people. So yeah. I'm like, this is, I need to know who you are before I trust you. Of course. Of course. Yeah. No, it's like, trust is like the number one thing, I think, in a relationship, any relationship, yeah. even like a friendship or whatnot. Yeah, 100%. So you are the host of Am I, Am I Dating a Serial Killer? Yeah. Can you tell us more about that and why you started Sure, sure. So um, it's a true crime, true dating podcast. Um, It's with XG Productions and XG Productions has like amazing, they've done so many shows in that true crime space, um, including they recently did the reboot of America's Most Wanted. So they're very, they're very connected with like, they know, they know people who work for the FBI, like all of this. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so basically uh, we co-created it together because they had this concept and I kind of was like, I've, I had the material basically. And, um, and we kind of reached out to people to try to get really crazy dating stories from people that were unbelievably true and possibly criminal. Um, and so we interviewed 10 amazing people who were so brave and really told us about their most like triggering, terrifying story, which I'm so grateful that they were able to share that. Cause I'm sure that was really difficult to share. Mm-hmm. Um, and after they share the story, we bring on an expert in the FBI to kind of come on and weigh in on how criminal the date was. And also just some safety tips, like things they could have done that is hopefully good tips for our listeners who are out there dating on how to stay safe and how to make sure that you are trusting your gut and how to tell if you're on a date with someone who could be a serial killer. I mean, that's kind of like a tongue in cheek way of saying like someone who has like a lot of red flags, basically. Yeah, yeah exactly. And what was like the most like surprising thing, like a story you heard on the podcast? Did you start one that kind of stuck out to you the most or like, oh my God, like Yeah. I mean, I think it's our second episode and I couldn't, I couldn't believe this story. And it's, this is why, like, I feel like it's so important that if you ever get a weird feeling with someone you meet on a dating app that you should really report them because it could end up saving lives. Like, like mm-hmm. honestly. Um, so this girl went on a date with a guy and he was very like forceful. He ended up kissing her when she didn't want to be kissed. He, he almost like, she felt like he was following her home. Um, and she had to like, she drove out of her way to avoid him. Like she just got like a really weird feeling. And after the date, he kept on like reaching out and sending her these like really weird things. And she never saw him again. But then a couple of years later, she saw that he was wanted for murder. Um, and that he murdered someone in his apartment complex and then went on a shooting spree. Um, and it's crazy. Cause like, I feel like those were such red flags that she saw on the date. And I do think that the way you treat people is such an indication of what you possibly could do down the line. Um, exactly. So that's how I am. I'm like, don't go like out of your way. If you have a bad feeling, then just like leave or do something. It's like you, you, your gut feelings are most likely always right. Yeah, and I see a lot of instances of of people getting harassed on dating apps by their matches. And I, I think we so often we don't think of doing anything. We just block or unmatch. But doing that extra step and reporting people on dating apps who are harassing you, I mean, could really save a lot of other people from experiencing the same thing. Yeah, exactly. Have you always kind of been like, like always like a true crime and all those things? Like, did you always 
like that before not, you even started podcasts? Not, I mean, I, I've always had like an interest in it, but I think my interest really peaked after I broke up with my, uh, the boyfriend that I moved to New York for, um, because he wasn't like a serial killer, but, um, I learned words like love bombing and, and just like, and I felt like that was kind of the relationship that we were in. And that kind of, after I found out like, and gaslighting, like there were so many instances of that, that he was doing to me. And after our breakup, I found out that this was actually a pattern of his and that he had basically, the way he treated me, he did to two other women, which oh, wow. it, it's not a serial killer, but it's like serial liar, serial cheater, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and I was living with my parents because I had moved from New York and I, I had given up everything in LA. So my, I moved back in with my parents like before the pandemic made it cool and just started like watching the, the Ted Bundy tapes came out and I started just like watching so much true crime during that time. And I think the reason why like women in particular like really have this like interest in true crime, it's almost like A, we watch it for like safety tips and how to stay safe out there. And also I think B, it's almost like we're like, well, at least I'm not dead. And, I, and that's such like a sad, like, like, like dark sense of humor way. But I think that was when I was watching and I was like, well, he cheated on me probably. And he treated me like terribly, but hey, I'm still here. You know, I think that was like a way that watching those things really helped me. So that that had always piqued my interest from that point forward. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm a person that's, like, obsessed with true crime things and like, <laughs> stories and all those things. Like, like the like, did you ever hear about the Gavitio case and all those cases? Yes, of course. I mean, I have the same name as her, so of oh, course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I was, like, really interested in that and everything. Like, if, when there's a case going on around the world, I'm always, like, diving into, like, Johnny Depp yeah. case and all these yep. things. I'm always, like, a freak in that way. Yeah, and like I'm always like watching all these documentaries about Tom Bundy and everything, and my mom's like, "Kyle, you should not watch about Tom Bundy." <laughs> and I'm like, "I don't care. Like, I love this stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. But I mean, I would get scared at some point. So like, it's always willing to learn about what you did and everything. And yeah. like, I remember like, have you ever seen the, the Zac Efron movie that you made about? Of course, movie? yep, I watched that too. Yeah, I seen that movie too. And I wasn't even supposed to watch it, but I watched it. Like, you know, yeah, like, I don't really care. I want to watch this. Yeah, yeah, but you know, you also have to be kind to yourself because I think if you watch too much true crime, it can really like mess you up. There's like yeah. a balance, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, like, you are the host of, uh, for Hollywire on Snapchat, Samsung TV, Bizzo, and YouTube. What is yeah. it like to kind of work and host for them? He's like, Hollywood Wire is such a big kind of company with journalists. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, so, I'm one of a, of a couple of hosts uh, there, and it's been so fun. I've been working with them since January 2020, and then the world shut down. So, um, it's nice now that we're coming back with red carpets and events that I'm so lucky to get to cover with them. Um, but basically, yeah, we're 24 7 celebrity news. Um, so, we are always covering whatever is trending in the celebrity world. Also, I get to do sit down interviews. Um, I went to South by Southwest with them where I got to do the red carpets for a lot of movie and TV premieres and speak to some amazing musicians after seeing them perform live. So it's just been, it's a dream job. I love, I love doing it. Um, and then, yeah, on Snapchat, we also cover like uh, influencer tea or TikTok tea. So like what all the TikTokers are up to. And it does kind of like meet the like whole dating expert and host thing for me because mm -hmm. so much of celebrity news is about celebrity relationships. So being able to kind of weigh in on celebrity relationships based on what I know about relationships and dating has been really fun. Yeah, exactly. Like, wait, do you have a favorite interview that you did that kind of stuck out to you the most? Because like for me personally, 
I have done so many interviews that it's hard for me to choose exactly one. I know it's I, it's hard too because it, there there have been like just so many, um, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to like think specifically of one and I, I'm really having a hard time doing that because they were they were just so many people that I've interviewed um and and I it would be hard to pick one but I've had a lot of really great ones and I'm very lucky that I got yeah, to do me too like for me it's like how am I supposed to choose like every so many people I'm like how do you expect me to choose specifically one person yeah and everyone's different so yeah and yeah so you have studied at Emerson College with a Bachelor of Science in Broadcast Journalism and Bachelor of Arts in Writing for Television and Film like did you yeah. always want to be like the journalist field or is this something like that you would do something else or like uh, well growing up I always wanted to be an actress but my parents wouldn't let me go to college for acting um and I always did the school paper I always loved writing writing was always something that I was really passionate about since I was a little kid and probably because my dad's a writer. My dad uh, used to write radio commercials um, back in the day. So I would always see him writing and I'd always try to like imitate that. Um, and then as I got older, yeah, it's just kind of, I've always loved writing. And uh, so writing for the school paper and I had just seen the movie Anchorman. And so I was like, oh, broadcast journalism. And I also hosted um, our school like morning announcements. So yeah. that always just came so naturally to me. It was always so easy for me to like interview people, post on camera, like that was just something I always enjoyed. So I went to school for that initially. And then um, I ended up picking up the double major in writing for television and film um, because at Emerson, uh, we had an artist in residence with Kevin Bright, who's one of the executive producers of Friends. And he was developing pilots with students. So my uh, sophomore year, I was in one of these pilots and I got to work with him and it was like a dream come true. And then uh, he started having more of these like pilot workshops and I started really becoming interested in television writing. So I picked up the double major. And then it's just so funny to think that like now, like, you know, years from then, I just wrote a screenplay that we're now trying to get made into a movie. So I'm literally doing my two majors which is really yeah, funny like, yeah. like, like, yeah. like did you ever watch friends before you worked with them oh my god or? of course i did i've seen every single episode i was oh a, god, a huge I mean, fan the yeah friends fan ever. i was literally just watching it before before I yeah i mean he is friends fan ever and he's incredible like what he what he has done how how learning also about like how when friends came out there was nothing like it on tv how Mm -hmm. in the pilot like the pilot episode when they were developing the show they didn't want to do a show just about 20 somethings they thought they needed more like adult characters and like the main Mm -hmm. cast which is like now every single show is about 20 somethings so i mean he really did like reinvent they really like reinvented the wheel of how we know tv today and Mm -hmm. uh he directed a bunch of the episodes and so it was just really incredible being able to like develop pilots under him with his guidance yeah exactly so you got to like write for conversation old school hello giggles delete daily pop sugar like did you ever kind of expect in your career to write for those kind of big places Um, I guess not immediately, but I was, I always kept a blog, um, which is actually something now that I'm like, maybe I should get back into blogging. Like I miss having a platform that was just me without some other like editor or boss telling me what I can or cannot write, you know? Um, but yeah, I used to, I, I was always had a blog and the, and how my whole like, um, contributor career started really was I was a contestant on the show Millionaire Matchmaker and I had a terrible experience and I wanted to write about it. And I thought that maybe it was something that 
an outlet would be interested in publishing. So I kind of looked around to see what outlets um, were accepting pitches and some friends suggested Hello Giggles. So I, I pitched the article to them and luckily I had proof of other writing because of my blog. So I was able to send my blogs and, and the pitch and they ended up like running it. And, and then that was kind of the start with there. And so from once I was there, anytime I was at another company, I was able to contribute to their, to their website as well. So I, I worked for Pop Sugar and they let me contribute when I was working there. And the same thing for Elite Daily. I worked for Elite Daily. I was, they had a show called the Elite Daily Show, which was a talk show on Go90, which is no longer a platform. Yeah. So I host and wrote that show. And then I also was contributing for them while I was there. Oh, that's really awesome. Like, did you yeah. um, figure, like, when you started this thing, like, on the podcast and you wrote a book and everything, did, did you ever kind of expect to, like, grow and everyone get all this deserve attention from everything you've done? It wasn't, I don't think I ever set out for attention. I set out more for the content that I'm creating and putting out into the world to help people um, mm -hmm. because I really felt like when I was dating, I wish there was a book like my book and I wish there was a podcast like my podcast. So I think I create all the content I create almost for my younger self, which I'm sure is out there. And there's, yeah. there's probably multiple versions of me out there. Um, so that's kind of the way of like why I do the work that I do. Yeah, that's really awesome. Like I'm the same exact way because like when I was really young, I grew up in I grew up in a small town in Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. And I never saw myself like anywhere. Like I never saw anyone like me. I never felt inspired by anything. I was like, how uh I don't see people like me. Like I just don't like it at all. And I grew up really shy and had anxiety. So like it made it a little worse with the oh, whole gosh, yeah. shy anxiety part. And I was like, I, at 14 years old, I still don't feel inspired. I mean, there's people that felt inspired by and impacted by, of course, but there's like no one tells you in media that I'm really kind of connected deeply with. And I was okay. like, why not change that and start your own platform and try to inspire people and create change and get, have people have someone look up to my platform. Now, yeah, like, why I not that. do that? Like, because my younger self didn't have that. So I was yeah. like, why not just do this for other people that, that don't have anyone that they look up to or have anyone like them? Yeah, and it's so and so incredible what you're doing at your age, too. That's, like, very remarkable. Oh, my God, thank you. So the final <laughs> question is, what is some advice for your generations that would, like, kind of find the right person one day or just kind of be, like, a journalist or start a podcast one day? I think just do it. I feel like any opportunity I've ever gotten is because I was always doing the thing and then caught the attention of someone. Like, I mean, like talking about contributing, like I was contributing on my own and then I was prepared when the opportunity came up. Um, mm -hmm. And same with hosting. Like I was always kind of just like doing it when I could do it. I was always like, you know, if someone was like, hey, can you be in this video? Can you host this thing? I would always do it. And, um, and I came up in a time where there wasn't like really TikTok, there was Instagram, but there was no reels. So I feel like now if you want to be a host, I mean, just create your own show on social media and do it because yeah. like, you don't need to wait for permission to do the thing you really want to do. You just have to do it and get that proof of concept. And then exactly. the rest will follow. Like, at first, like when I started, I'm like, how the hell am I supposed to start a podcast? Like, yeah, but you did it. You figured it out. Yeah, and you're crushing out. And my it. sister like has all these like business for her thyroid. And oh. showing people thyroid and all these things. I'm like, 
Kara, like, how do I do this? Like, it's like <laughs> all this stuff. And I'm like, I really don't know how to do a podcast necessarily. Like, this is kind of all new to me. Like, I, I listened to some podcasts, but I never exactly knew what to do in that type of form. I'm like, oh, this sticks to something else other than podcasting. Because like I, so when I was young, I always knew I wanted to be in the entertainment industry. It's basically I always knew, but I didn't yeah. know exactly why I wanted to pursue. Like at first, I wanted to be an actor, and that didn't work out. Get a dancer, <laughs> that didn't work out. Like, well, so you still, things. but you still can. You know what's so interesting about like I, I know this is like such a bad. No, actually, it's a good example. I was watching the Kardashians the other day, and Kris Jenner is like considered to be one of the, like the best business women of all time, right? Like mm, of yeah. today. And do you know she never got into, like, business until she was 40? Like, I don't think there's, like, an age where you have to decide what you want to do. I feel like you can always yeah. pivot. You can always change. You just have to do whatever feels good to you, you know? Yeah, like, no matter how old you are, basically, like, some people kind of pressure you to figure out what you're doing in high school. Because yeah. I because I'm about to become a sophomore in high school. So, of course, people are, like, they tell me, like, you should really start figuring out what you want to do and study when you're in college. It's right. the time where you should start figuring out and apply to colleges. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, do I really need to figure out at 15 years old right now? Like, I, that's not my top priority. Right. Like, like, of course, like, of course, Chris Jenner, she didn't find out like she wanted to do business until she was 40. Like, it yeah. really takes time, no matter how old you are. Like, I'm still figuring out what I'm trying to do. Like, it's just so many options. I still have, like, three years of school left, so I'm like, <laughs> I still have the time and encourage if I don't grind something up. And you should try everything, you know? You mm-hmm. shouldn't have feel like you have to be limited to doing one thing, especially the way the world is today, you know? Do whatever, yeah. follow your heart. And yeah, it's never too late to follow your dreams, ever. Exactly. Exactly. So I just want to thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Oh my goodness, it was so fun to talk with you. You're so, so amazing. Fun. I yeah, so fun talk with you. Keep doing your doing. I can't wait to see all that you do. And we'll definitely keep in touch for sure. Yes, so, of course. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Peace all right. Peace Bye. Peace Bye. Have a good day. Thank you.